Did you want anything to drink? I actually brought I this. I totally was going to drink it on the way here and mm -hmm. forgot to open it as I was rushing. Um, but thank you so much for offering. How's your day been? Pretty good. After I got Dutch, I'm like, fuck yeah. I yeah. Feel, I feel so much <laughs> Came back to life. Yes. But yeah, um, the camera was more like yeah. about Okay. Yeah. This, well, okay, so looking at the weed, mm -hmm. I'm like, it reminds me of what I saw on Instagram, like your cannabis store thing. Mm -hmm. um, cannabis sales is what I'm into. Sales. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like above the dispensary level. Oh shit, so it's, it's a little more high class, is that what you're saying? Um, a little more, um, it's a hybrid position. And so you're working from anywhere, essentially. You drive around a lot, and then also make a lot of communications that work from home often. So, good. yeah. And then I make it's, communications with the managers of the dispensaries and like the buyers who is in charge of this, like purchasing. Sick. Yeah, that's fun. Dispensary and model. What got you into that? Do you smoke weed? I do. Um, okay, so I take tolerance breaks here and there. So I'm actually on a tolerance break right that's now. Good. Yeah, it was just nice because um, you come back to it and your body, you have know, your endocannabinoid system, which is what... What the fuck does that mean? And so, <laughs> um, you know, are you familiar with the term cannabinoids? Nah, not really. Uh, the, it's essentially going to be the makeup of the uh, cannabis plant and there's a lot of different uh, cannabinoids, but uh, THC is going to be one of the most popular and CBD as well. Um, oh my gosh, she's tickling my toes, hello. Uh, but your body gets used to them, just like tolerance anything else um, with your system, just like it would with alcohol. So the more often you're drinking or smoking, the more you can intake without it affecting you as much. So once I get off my tolerance breaks, then it's like... Back on it? Uh-huh, then like, it hits me heavy. It's like, mm. as with like the first time I smoked, you know, and I get to experience that every time I have a tolerance break. Are you more of a backwards or joints type of... I actually prefer my bong. Bong? Oh mm -hmm. shit. Do you, okay, so I've seen these huge, intricate type bongs. Is that. That's I not keep, just something simple? I keep it simple. Right. No, and I actually. I sell extracts, and so that's. If you've ever seen anybody use a torch um, with a glass piece that's been like heated up to high temperatures, yeah, and they dabs. have that little tool, you know, for and they dabs. put it in. Mm -hmm. yes. um, that's where all that fancy setup really comes into play. And I actually, I have a setup myself, but I prefer a flower. I'm a flower girl. Mm. Yes. Oh yeah. So back to it. Is it? Backwards or well, flat bongs, mm -hmm. bongs, but I'm but just joints saying, like, would joints, be joints, mm -hmm. okay. joints yeah. would be my choice. Uh, I do consume like nicotine and tobacco here and there, but I think, and it could just be because maybe I'm not good at rolling backwards. That's never been one of my talents. Same here. So I just have my homies roll it like yo here. <laughs> mm -hmm. But being in the industry, I get a lot of samples, and so it's really common for you know get to not have to spend my own money and try out other people's products. I'm like shit. Yeah, you, you get free samples for weed. Mm -hmm. You just get oh shit, get high for free. Yeah, that's really nice. It's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Holy shit, and some people would love that position. If they want to do that, then they should just start a dispensary. Because I do sample drops for my position. If I want to sell my product, I don't expect someone to purchase it without trying it first, and I don't expect them to purchase it to try it for the first time. 
So I'm gonna give them samples. Um, they can give up to five grams per store, which a lot of stores have more than five employees, but that can still stretch a long way for them. So um, at the store level, if you're an employee, you get to, hopefully people are getting them every week, but sometimes on paydays, more often than not, every dispensary, every store level employee gets a little swag bag mm -hmm. or just like handouts so that way they can try and they can sell it better. I want them to have yeah. my product be their favorite because they keep getting their samples, they keep smoking it, they keep talking about it, and they're the ones who are selling my product. Mm. And so I want to keep them swagged so, out. Still, though, you're like a low key drug dealer. I call myself a local legal drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was me. I uh, started in the cannabis industry back in Bend when I lived there. I was born there and then just moved here, so Oregon my whole mm. life. But uh, yeah, I started at the dispensary level, and that was my, my little local legal drug dealer. My dispensary was like four minutes up from my house. and. Yeah, everything was nice and small and clean there, but I got to sell to my parents, my friends, and mm -hmm. yes. my mom is just yes. a little bit of a, she's a CBD, my mom don't do the, she will not get like intoxicated or anything mm -hmm. from it, but you know, she has some pain, she gets a little topical cream, you know, something simple. But, like a plug. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's fun. I was a plug once solely for a little bit, but Ooh, okay. that's, that's another story. Yeah. It's, um, I was back in the day when we wasn't when we was illegal, but now I feel like people can just get a store, open up a store, and then. But honestly, for for people that want to do what you do, mm -hmm. what would be the process? Because that sounds pretty fucking dope. So there are so many cannabis opportunities on LinkedIn. I personally did not find my uh, positions that I've started out um, beyond the dispensary level on LinkedIn, but. I've seen them, I know they're out there, um, Indeed as well. Aside from that, reaching out directly, Instagram is a very powerful tool. A quick DM gets a lot of people at a lot of jobs, uh, even in terms of my position selling, if I can't get contact with somebody hitting up a little DM, like, hey, how do I get in contact with your intake manager, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then also working at the dispensaries and learning because you wanna know what companies to that are going to benefit you more or maybe not even benefit you more but there's different dynamics some companies uh will do commission only some companies do a salary with a gas stipend and some commission percent um there's benefits to both Ooh, and it just depends on how you view it um also it's what product you want to sell you know mm -hmm. you want to be an expert in your field so that's also comes into play is having cannabis knowledge and knowing all levels is definitely okay. beneficial, but there are so many people who came from wine sales, mm -hmm. you know, who came from, you know, retail positions. So it's, it's, um, the best part about the cannabis industry is it's growing constantly and job opportunities are created because the growth is so rampant and it's such, um, it's such a, like an infant industry at this point with so much money going around that people are like going crazy trying to manage it. So they got to make this in position and now they need a finance department and you know so instead of contacting a manager they have a whole accounting department and so somebody who could have been at a store level you know as a starting bud tender could have worked their way up to management bud tender, yes. oh that's what i call yeah bud tender <laughs> uh they could work their way up to management you know they could work their way out of that as they've created relationships with other sales reps like myself and gotten scouted like i did myself or they, I've seen other growth where 
people are now in back-end warehouses and in charge of purchasing you know now they're in charge of uh, what's like a regional manager because they've acquired more stores and they never they didn't even think that was an option three years ago so there's so much growth i think that it's there's never uh, too late in the cannabis industry never too late never too late. too late no do you drink as well i do wine. i'm i don't drink as much as i did when i was like 21 to 23 i have calmed down how old are you i'm 25, 25. i'll be 26 in two months You're 24 okay wow well, I, you're already starting to calm down <laughs> yes, I, I realize it's not like the hangovers begin worse or anything, but mm. it's the, the conscious decisions of, hmm, I got a little too shwasty, or mm. uh, now I feel like I need to sleep and I don't feel good the next day, or was my energy really appreciated here? Did I appreciate the energy that was being reciprocated to me? Because I also, um, <clears throat> you know, you can get like overstimulated in the club, like, it's just like too much, it's too loud. Like, am I really, am I really having fun? Am I really popping off? And I'm having more of those moments in the last year where I'm like, not as time. Like, it's hard for me to be out past midnight, 1 a.m. I still shit. love to go out. I still love to still get drinks with my friends. I haven't calmed down that much, but it's it's one of those things where I'm like, mm, bed sounds better than two more drinks, uh, a bigger tab, and a bigger headache. Okay. You know. Another shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not something that I've given up, but I do plan on having like a tolerance break for alcohol too. I'm, I would not say during summer, but I do plan on this year getting in at least a, like a thirty day challenge to prove to myself that I can do it. Not that I don't think I can do it, but it's just one of the things like I did that. I mean, for weed or alcohol? Oh, I know I can do it with. Um, we eat that something that, yeah, Easy. but with, with alcohol, I, um, I've had tolerance breaks before. It's just been well, for, a for 30 days, not in the last like two years. Two years. Yeah. Holy so shit. it's about time for me to break free of it. You know, not all the way. Well, that changed the model. Is it just well, because mm -hmm. you're tall and good looking or just friends? I'm not even that tall. I wish I was a little <laughs> taller. I don't have it's, it's like it's getting a lot more inclusive, but um, early on, one inch could be make or break between being 5'6 and 5'7. And 5'7 is the minimum for a lot of agencies, unless you're like a petite model. But being 5'6, you're not always considered petite. So I fall into a weird category in that area, but it hasn't held me back too much. What are you considered? Um, I, I'm considered fairly average. Fairly average? Yeah. So not petite, but like... Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. But in terms of going back to asking about what got me into the industry and modeling, <clears throat> pardon me. I did senior photos with a photographer in Ben, and from there created a relationship, and they were able to, um, you know, becoming friends and hanging out, and then the memories having a camera or an idea, and just be like, hey, you want to ride along? Let's let's do this. Let's create that. Uh, it turned into a portfolio built of mine of a lot to show and that uh, piques interest of other people and in terms of trade for print like, like TFP is something where nobody expects any payment but your time and your um, like mutual exposure is beneficial and it's like a substitute for monetary value 
So a lot of times you're working for free when you're first starting out and I did that for about a year. And then I believe it was 2017 when I got my first paid modeling job with a jewelry company. Mm-hmm. And it was great. We went out to, uh, oh, I believe they're called like the Blue Hills. It's out past the Painted Hills. Um, like, In Bend? Uh, no, this is like John Day area. And a lot of Oregon kids have camped out yeah. in that area. Oh, wow. But uh, uh, it was a really great moment to be like, cool. Like somebody sees value and somebody wanted to pay me for my time. And a lot of the times there's compensation in a uh, product. So, you know, you model for like skincare, they send you home with stuff, clothing, uh, you know, that's all appreciated. What's the wildest thing that have you wear for a shoot? I've had to wear for a shoot. Yeah, because I've seen on your Instagram, there was like this, um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to call it, but it was just, it looked super fancy. I, oh, let me sense this. I, I'd say the Queen of the Damned the shoot that I've done. So this was wild. I was, I barely go on Facebook. I only keep it for my family relationships across the states because they spread wide. And I was checking once and I was kept getting tapped in this post and I was like, what's going on? And it was a statewide like model call for a very well known and like very talented photographer who has a focus in cosplay and um, just captures everything so very well. Anyway, he was like, who looks like Aaliyah? And a whole bunch of people kept commenting and tagging me. And I've gotten that notion a few times, well, you know, a few times here and there consistently throughout my life. Oh, yeah. Wow. Lisa Bonet has been another. And anyway, so they chose me. He chose me. He's just a single photographer, uh, Lance Allen Reese, or Kickass Designs on Instagram. And it was just an amazing collaboration between himself a uh, fashion designer, Nigel Crow from Las Vegas, who flew in from Las Vegas, and we, um, they rented, I cannot remember the name, it's like a villa or like Casa de something, but it's this mansion out in like the wine wine area, Mm. and oh my goodness, it was wild just being able to run barefoot in this amazing cosplay of Aaliyah's, um, or like Akasha, uh, Queen of the Damned, and just being captured in that, and yeah, seeing myself as kind of a, somebody else because I don't do that often. I'm usually just like capturing me with different variables, but this was the first time I really embodied somebody else and took that character on. Wow. In your intimate life, do you do cosplay? I do not. You don't? No. Mm. I don't think there's enough room in my apartment to have all of them <laughs> outfits. I see what people be doing on TikTok yeah. and now my closet's already packed to the brim. Mm-hmm. With modeling, it's all sorts of locations. Mm-hmm. Do you guys obviously like travel there and shoot? What's the best location you shot at? Aside from the one I just mentioned, there was a photo shoot I did for Coleman Outdoor, uh, Coleman USA Outdoor, the camping company, and they had us go to this villa in Smith Rock or Terrebonne, Oregon, right? outside of Redmond or Bend. Smith Rock, they have a place called Monkey Face. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. It's this rock that looks, like a, fun. looks like a monkey face. 
and slack liners come from all over the world and like people like um rock climbers as well to take on monkey face and from a view that you get as a normal person visiting the state park like yeah it looks like a monkey it's pretty cool but where we were at for this photo shoot there was a there's like four millionaires who own this huge gated community that as a normal person you would never go past those gates they have the actual view of monkey face when i was there we went down this path towards the creek that circles snookbot and i was blown away i was like i'd lived here i think i was like 22 at the time i've lived here my whole life and i never actually realized or known that like monkey face looks like this in person how many times i've been to smith rock and like experienced it i was like wow it was breathtaking it was now, great. i gotta look up pictures of it mm, it's great smith I'll, I'll look fun. List for sure. i've seen on your instagram you also do activism yes what when did that start it was unfortunately a little shorter lived than i had ever anticipated uh, a lot of variables you don't need to get to deep into but uh, yes and in bend i began participating in the activist community when the george floyd incident happened and unfortunately being in somewhere that's very rural you already know that there is a lot of racism i've dealt with my fair share fair not fair dealt with my share yeah. um, mm. just like i'm sure most of us have whether it be school or microaggressions, blatant aggressions, uh, those were, they just came through so much more after George Floyd and everybody was showing their true colors, the Trump parades, etc. And it really sparked, so I began with a nonprofit as well. I started uh, assisting a nonprofit called COBLA and that was going great in terms of community relations working with the um, the entire city to help out other communities like Warm Springs as well as putting back into the community for people of color. And when I, there was this one incident, I'll keep this one short, but essentially there was a block party for people of color. Then the Trump parade that was gonna be happening the same day decided to switch locations and come to our place and they, brought alcohol, motorcycles, and guns. And there was an incident that happened, a brawl had happened, and then a gun was pulled. And there was a just a unfortunate series of events after that that led to the cops blocking everybody in, um, people on the ground, and one of my girlfriends getting choked out by a backpack and just like hovering over the ground. Mm. And uh, there was an agreement that we would run protest for against i guess i should say the police department for them not taking action or accountability or denouncing white supremacy in any way shape or form and allowing this man to pull a gun on us drink a beer and drive home like nothing had happened uh, i went to a protest like a while back and shit got wild there was oh my God, there was this fucking car that almost drove a hundred people over. It was just speeding, and after that, I, I stopped going to protest because I'm like, I don't want to get run over. Fuck this shit. But luckily, there's people out there that are like really, really just like 
hardcore like into it. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, there's a lot of people who have the opportunity and the time and the mental strength to mm -hmm. keep going with it. Uh, shortly after I came to Portland, there were uh, just some bumps within the community that I wasn't personally okay uh, associating myself with. There was uh, negative energy mm -hmm. that really started to surround the protest community here in Portland. And also it started to overtake my, my life, my social life, my social media, my mental space. And so I backed off just about, like, I'd say, about a year ago mm -hmm. or so. So you're not doing any of the, the protests or anything like that? Um, I mean, I am consistently supporting, doing my part, speaking up when needed. But in terms of going out to, to direct actions at night, putting my body into danger, uh, so many people got pepper sprayed. I've been Oof. pepper sprayed. I've been hit with like a flaming rock that they shot out of things. Like, Whoa, where? Scott, I, can you see this little like, it's going away, but this guy right here, that is from like a, I, basalt rocks, I think is what they're called. And it was just, it looked like a firework coming at me on the ground because they shoot them at your feet and they bounce up and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's. It was hard to watch people go through those things. It was hard to watch people in the community be targeted by Proud Boys and be doxxed and feel like they couldn't come out of hiding. Um, it was hard for me to consistently post about all of the activism instead of posting about things that involved my life. It was over. It was just overtaking everything. And as people of color, the last thing we need to do is relive more trauma that's already embedded in our blood. And I know that everybody has their due diligence, but for me right now, I'm for my mental health, for my stability, and for my my best path forward as a person of color, I had to separate myself from that community and support from afar. Hey, you know what? That's good. What um, where are you from? Ben. Yeah. Ben. Mm -hmm. Originally, like, mm -hmm. what's your what ethnicity? Are you? So I. Hold on, hold on. You have. What color are your eyes, first of all? They, my driver's license says green, but they change. So it depends on what I'm wearing or the light outside, if it's cloudy. And allegedly green is the only color of eyes that do change. Ah, but, I see what you did. Match. <laughs> but yeah, I have, they, I have pictures of my eyes that look very blue, gray, green. Um, it's a little mixture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So bend? Yes. Born and raised. What about your parents? Where are they from? My mom is from, uh, well, actually, both of my parents are uh, born in San Jose. My mom's from East Coast, though, is where she was raised. And then they met back in San Jose. Mm -hmm. But they both live on the West Coast now. My mom's back in Bend area. The West Coast. Mm -hmm. I saw you also do a little bit of dancing. You yeah. still doing that? Or is that, yeah? <laughs> I love dancing. It is something that. I, you know, expressing yourself through movement, not holding back, it has helped me uh, from my schooling before kind of break out of a little cage. I was a Jehovah's Witness when I was growing up and I wasn't allowed to do competitive sports for a while because according to uh, the New World Translation that was their Bible, bad association spoils useful habits, which would be classmates that were not Jehovah's Witnesses as well and competition breeds hate. Mm. 
Ooh. So for those two reasons. The the main thing I hear about Jehovah's Witnesses, they go around knocking on doors. Is that what yes. you did? That's what you did? <laughs> I oh did. My gosh. I had so much fun doing it too. Like, like don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really, I, as a young kid who didn't know better in terms of what life could offer and how much I was really being held back from enjoying what I personally wanted to enjoy. A lot of people find enjoyment in that religion. I personally found enjoyment outside of it. Um, but dancing was one of the first things that I was allowed to do as an extracurricular because we didn't compete. It was just camaraderie and being a part of a team. And so I was on my dance team in middle school. And before that, my mom did have me in hip hop and jazz and gymnastics when I was like starting like six or so for a few years, had a little pause, elementary school past that, and then middle school, dance, high school, I was a cheerleader, which being a cheerleader in Central Oregon, I feel like I kind of didn't get that hip hop flair at mm. first, you know? I was very into strong, straight movements being a cheerleader. Were you the one getting tossed up in the air? The first year I was a flyer, and then you gain a little weight <laughs> and they put you in the back uh, but it was an amazing time being a back spot uh, being the supporter the person who catches um, under the arms for the flyer that was my second year position and I did a little basketball too as well but after cheerleading I took another pause but then found out that starting college and working so much I was like missing something in life and it was dance so started at the studio and then then I felt as though I was plateauing in life in terms of, okay, we can't get much higher at my dispensary. I'm not continuing at the community college here. Um, and my dance studio, I did not feel was challenging me enough. When you say your dance studio, is it like you own it? No. Oh, that, that is that be... something I plan on doing one day. Ooh. But. Well, teaching it or just like both yeah i would love teaching would probably come before owning but who knows writing up a good business plan and getting loans can take you really far really quick so um but yes yeah, so dance studio and bend and just feeling like i needed to grow more and then full circle <clears throat> working at the dispensary and being scouted by somebody who was doing what i do now to say hey i heard you want to move to portland would you want to work here so at the time, I was also still heavy into activism, so I was like, cool, I can go protest where I want to, I can go dance where I want to, I can go work in the industry and do what I want to, and it was like, all signs are go. And then my apartment just like fell into my lap. Um, yeah, it's been great continuing dance here, just to finish that portion off. I, I now dance at uh, Vega Dance Lab and Portland Dance Exchange as my two uh, main studios that I attend and I was a part of a dance collective and a mentorship program called Fresh Five with Allison Franco. That sounds like hip hop. It, it was Fresh great. Five. She also put in a contemporary piece. We did, uh, there's a, and that's not one thing is as I'm becoming more um, involved in the dance community here, I'm realizing that I need to find my personal style more so because there are so many different types of dance and hip-hop is blanketed over so much, you know, in terms of like popping, walking, tutting, there's so many different 
Exactly, <laughs> right? Like, I want to learn light feet. I want to get better at a lot of different um, dynamics in terms of, um, of body control is a class that you can take. And that is realizing that just one motion with your shoulder can be so much more than having to work your whole body. Wow. You know, there's... You know how to move like a robot? That's not something that I've attempted to perfect, but if I tried, I'm sure it wouldn't look horrible. You know what I was trying to do. I've tried some, what's that called when they're, it's not hip hop, it's, uh, they're like doing circles on the ground. Break dancing. Break dancing, okay. Wanna be a b-boy? Yeah, I, would, I did want to be a b-boy for a mm -hmm. little bit. It was fun. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it. Also, gymnastics too. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I want to incorporate like just doing a backflip and then doing a breakdance move. Something I've always said is I need my kids, if I have them, to be in gymnastics. Don't care how expensive it is because she's expensive. But if you can do a back handspring, if you can do a backflip, if you can do all these these cool tricks, you'll be a badass. You're gonna have opportunities. You're gonna stay flexible. You're gonna stay healthy. I think that just sets you up for so much in terms of agility, in terms of confidence, um, discipline, everything. I think gymnastics is an amazing sport and I do not think that there is any uh, denomination of feminine or masculine for it. I think that it is impressive is the word that you just say. The guys that do it are fucking strong. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. It's it's amazing. I my TikTok algorithm shows me a lot of gymnastics and Cirque du Soleil option like videos. <laughs> Will that ever be an option? For me Cirque du Soleil. I think that it's a little late in the game for well, myself. I do think that Actually I take that back. <gasps> it's never too late in the game. It's not one of my, my goals. But flexibility and agility is something that I'm working on improving. Mm -hmm. And if I could get to Cirque du Soleil levels, like, why the hell not? That'd be dope. But you know how to do the splits? I do. Only on one side. The other side is a little empty for me, but that's what stretching's for. I, I thought the split was like just. Oh, out. that way? Oh, I'm talking like. Oh, eh. okay. I can't. That way, that's that way difficult. Now, I need to get some like yoga blocks and like do some breathing exercises and really start. That That is where you need some Yo. consistency. That's like a 30 day every day, but one day. I'm, I'm not flexible at all. Yeah. I, I can't, well, I can barely touch my toes. I can touch my toes. It's like, I don't know if I can put my whole palm on the ground. Like yeah. that's... I'm just mean, think back to PE when you were younger and when you have a dream and they go breathe oh. and then you go down and then you breathe and then you can go down just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Talk about that oxygen. Oxygen flow. Mm -hmm. mm. Do, are you in a relationship? Not currently. Not currently? No, it's a, a situation ship I'm out of right now. Situation ship. Yeah, I got around the waves. It's a situation ship. Mm. I'm on it. Yeah. All right. What? Okay, so you're still on that phase of like partying a little bit here and there, but also wanting to chill out since you're 25? Yes. I turned 26 in two months? Mm-hmm. August 5th, I'm a Leo baby. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes, especially if I have aspirations of being a business owner, because as somebody who's a, 
I'm considered an independent contractor or self-employed right now, even though I have an amazing company above me that supports me and gives me the, the building blocks to be able to do what I do. So I am absolutely like, um, I have them as my support. I want to be able to support myself and not have to rely on anybody in time. So there's no immediate plan to like leave my job or anything like most. Oh, what I like to do, I'm sticking with this, but I have my goals and my plans to be a business owner, uh, a multi-business owner mm. and work for myself and have give other people opportunities. Where did you get this mindset from? Was it looking at your parents because they were business owners or like? Yes, um, I've never really seen my parents work for other people, whether they've had rough times or great times, they've made it and did the damn thing. And my dad has been an entrepreneur my entire life. And I've seen him own car dealerships, restaurants, bars, one little businesses. Like he's been, has his hands in a lot. Um, like a truck driving job as well that he was trying to start as well. Like it's just so many things. Like if he wants to do something, I've seen him do it. You know, and that's what's been really inspirational. The same thing with my mom. She when when we were younger, and she was like, "I got to find a way to do something that I enjoy that's going to support my family." Because um, they call me the divorce present. My parents found out they were pregnant with me the day after the divorce was finalized. No fault there. So I have lived with my mother my entire life, and so I've gotten to see her more so, and just see her being like, no, I, I gotta do what I gotta do to support. So she actually went away to school for a month and uh, became a professional dog and cat groomer. And just really, she built her clientele base. She had people who would not go to anyone but her when she started out at her first job. And before you know it, she's like, I have so many clients, I have to open up my own spot. And so my mom's been in multiple locations and just been able to do her thing and. It's been really awesome to watch both of them just at least pursue what they wanted to do or what they know they needed to do and do it. Natural born hustler. Mm -hmm. Gotta grind, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey. Okay, so for for someone that doesn't have that mindset, what is what I guess advice would you give to them? Like, what's a piece? Like, what's something that you could like, share to them that will help them elevate to the next level? Well, I would just start out with, I haven't always been here in this mindset. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've had my, my hiccups where I've let myself keep my head down a little too long. But in terms of realizing how much is out there, if you really work for it and what, and what it can do, my, my driving variable is generational wealth. That's the one thing that comes into play when I think of, do I need to do this? Do I want to do this? And I got to do this because no matter what businesses or anything was going on, like I didn't necessarily grow up with a lot of money. I still had a lot of hardships being with a single mom who had three kids underneath her, who also had health issues that she was dealing with as well. So when it comes down to it, and I, I love my parents, they provided for me. I had a great childhood. I just want to make sure that my kids have generational wealth that's passed on that makes it easy because us black folk don't really have that we don't see it often and we don't get opportunities and just how i want to like have a business to give opportunity to other people in the here and now 
I have to set myself up early on to be able to give those opportunities to the rest of my bloodline and anybody else. And that's what's most important to me because I wish somebody would have done it in my family sooner. Is that what's driving you? That's what's driving me. Actually, okay, so before before the kids, what what are you looking for in a person, in a potential partner? In a potential partner, I want to see somebody who is matching my energy in terms of motivation, in terms of what they bring to the table. I don't think that I need a made man. I think that would be ideal to start off with, but I do think that everybody continues to grow and you can't rule somebody out just because they haven't accomplished something or done something quite yet. So as long as there's that drive that I see, you know, that's one of the biggest things. A little hustle. That's what I like. Uh, in terms of taking care of me and my person and my, 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 my feelings and my senses, somebody who's intuitive. So somebody that I don't always have to, and no, I don't need a mind reader. I know that's impossible to expect, mm. but being able to be uncomfortable and have somebody realize it and even maybe go as far as to be able to see what the root of the problem is before they even have to ask me, being able to know that I'm a little off balance or know that this is what makes me a little happier. You know, it's, just like, it's not just all about like watching out for the bad, but also providing the good without having to ask verbally ask for it. And I'm also one to be able to say like, this is what I like, this is what I wanna do, but I also don't like to have to ask twice. You know, so somebody who's gonna listen, somebody who's gonna, you know, I guess take the notes, treat me right. A king can be a king in a lot of different ways, but I just wanna be happy and felt listened to and a good cuddler. <laughs> well, hold up. Big spoon. Well, makes a good Big spoon. Like, big spoon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what you got to yeah. You got a big, big spoon. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Where can the people reach you at? So, I have my Instagram handle at Hey Miss Parker. That's two R's at the end. So, H E Y M S P A R K E R R. Or uh, you could Google me, Mylea Parker, M-Y-L-E-A-P-A-R-K-E-R. Otherwise, my other handles aren't really, really they're, all, they're all the same across the board, essentially, but I don't like really TikTok or Twitter. Would you dance on TikTok? See, I, I have, and I dance, and that's something I've also wanted to do, is like rebranding is something that's really big in this like time for everybody, and it's like if I, if I want to have my TikTok, I should probably brand it somewhere. And dancing has been one of those things I might do. But for the meantime, don't pay attention to it. <laughs> All right, guys. It's cool vibes.